Hello, hello, Dr. Ching here again on Be Happy, Healthy and Wealthy. I'm glad to be on this podcast to talk about the usage of botanicals and supplements in pain management. Now, I'll be talking a bit more about depression as well because these two conditions are kind of similar because when you've got low serotonin or the causes of depression, it can also obviously exaggerate the pain, pain perception. So why do I want to talk about this subject? The reason why is pain is such a big problem in this country. As a GP for many years, uh, again and again, I hear major complaints of pain. And unfortunately, um, under NHS, uh, we are obviously only allowed to give two categories of drugs, like, for example, morphine-based or anti-inflammatory, like the ibuprofen type of drugs. So quite often, it's quite hard for me to give advice about some of these botanicals. So I just want to use this uh, to give a bit more advice through the podcast so people can have alternatives. Now, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. Just make sure that you need to talk to your GP or your own physician about some of these supplements and botanicals because a lot of this can interact with some of the drugs that you are taking. So listener, I know this podcast is probably going to help you a lot to give you a bit of idea and information what to do, especially with the pain you've got. But first and foremost, you need to see your doctor to make sure that the pain is not due to anything serious or to make sure that the cause has been uh, found or at least investigated so that we're not going to miss anything sinister. So a lot of this pain can be generated due to so many causes. And so my advice here is, Uh, Obviously, these are just uh, a bit of information of what are the alternative uh, medication or supplements or botanicals that you can use uh, to help with pain symptoms. So stay tuned for obviously uh, more episodes regarding this because I won't be able to cover a lot. As you know, there are a lot of complementary or alternative Uh, supplements, botanicals out there that you could take. But I'll just cover some of the major ones that some some people might be asking. Like, for example, I'll start with ginger. Ginger is my favorite. After I had my kids many, many years ago, I had lots of ginger. It's one of the anecdotal, um, you know, uh, food that, you know, my parents, grandparents have told us to take uh, after postnatal. So why is ginger so important? Now, ginger is well known to be uh, anti-bloating, reduce winds, but also important thing is it's anti-inflammatory. Um, what it does that it actually helps in reducing the uh, substance P. Substance P is the molecule that actually uh, sends the signal of pain. So when you reduce or inhibits the effects of substance P, it's going to help to reduce pain perception. So it also reduces uh, the inflammation by inhibiting. Inhibiting means stopping the process of what we call the cyclooxygenase pathway. Okay, COX. 
and also the lipooxygenase pathways and the leukotrienes pathways. Again, these are all jargons, which is all contributing to inflammation. So when you hear about COX, lipooxygenase and leukotriene, these are messengers or the pathway that produce inflammation or inflammatory cells. Okay, so ginger extract, you can take a thousand milligrams uh, daily. It's safe orally and need to be used appropriately as well. It's well tolerated. Um, ginger is definitely a biggies and I would recommend that you try it. It does help with a lot of people with nausea, sickness, bloating. Now, side effects, of course, abdominal discomfort, heartburn, diarrhea, especially if you use it in a big, big dose, if you're not used to it, okay? And you, there are some uh, drug interaction. Just be careful uh, if you are on anticoagulation or antiplatelets, like, for example, aspirin, clopidogrel, uh, rivaroxaban, warfarin, because uh, ginger has got mild effect of blood thinning. So, of course, it can... Uh, interact, but one major interaction is with uh, blood pressure tablets called calcium channel blockers or a drug for Raynaud's. Okay, so nifedipine can have a major interaction with ginger. Do not take it because obviously it can interact majorly with platelets aggregation. That means it will stop the platelets from uh, forming a clot to stop bleeding. Okay, so. One is ginger. Second one is turmeric. Another big supplement that if you think of taking anything, turmeric is a big supplement, a very popular and very good supplement. Why I mention it first or the second. It's also known as curcumin. How it works? Okay, I'm going to explain a bit more because uh, just to give you a bit of foundation in case some of the listeners are doctors or medical professionals which probably they would know a bit more, but yeah, I, I thought I'll just give a bit more of a background because it is probably why this podcast is here, you know, to give you a bit more medical side of things because people will be asking, oh, people, everybody say, oh yeah, take curcumin, take turmeric. Why? Why do you take it? Let me explain. One, it actually uh, inhibits NF-kappa-B activation. So let me explain. NF-kappa-B means nuclear factor kappa light-chained B cells protein complex. So what it does, it's actually uh, a pathways that actually activates uh, transcription of DNA, cytokine production cytokine is actually uh, a messengers okay and and also it signals cell survivals okay cell c-e-l-l survivals okay now nf kappa mean n for november f for factor k is for kicking beta okay so what it's what this does is that when you inhibit NF kappa activation, what it does that it actually reduces the processes of inflammation, because the NF kappa activation or processes is it's not such a good thing if we talk about pain. It is important as a basics uh, to help the body work on your inflammation, but. Now, why I say too much inflammation is not good. Too little is also not good, okay? Why NF-kappa-B is important is because it controls 
the innate immune, immune response. So let's say you've got a virus or bacteria invasion. Let's say it's streptococcal infection causing tonsillitis. So some of these bacteria is invading your tonsils, going through into your blood circulation. So it's an invasion, okay? It's like your body is under attack. So there is a war. So NF-kappa B then get activated within that processes because obviously your white cells has recognized those those bacteria as the streptococcus as an alien and a foreign uh, body invading the cells, the body itself. And what happened is that it will recognize it and activating the NF-kappa B and it will create a lot of messenger. So these are the messenger that blow the horn and sending more signal out there to, to call for help so that there are more inflammation, more white cells coming so it's recruiting more white cells to go to the to the area to fight the invasion of the bacteria. So it's there to protect the body, but obviously it's going to create a lot of free radicals. A lot of cells will be sacrificed. Uh, it will try to eat up the, uh, the 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 viruses or bacteria, and it will sacrifice itself and create a lot of pus and dead cells. So NF kappa B cause destruction but it's there so that it stops further invasion and the spreading of the infection. So uh, NF-kappa B, when it's activated, um, then it causes a lot of inflammation. Uh, so there are pros and cons with it. But obviously for those people who had too much inflammation, like in autoimmune condition where the body is attacking itself, that means recognizing itself as foreign or not belonging to self, then it's, it gets attacked and create a lot of inflammation. So turmeric is important because it blocks the NF-kappa B activation and the NF-kappa uh, B activation creates uh, all these cytokines or chemokines that is the messenger that cause more cascade of inflammation. And you probably heard of, you know, all these big jargons like tnf alpha, interleukin-6, some of these, uh, you know, uh, tumor factors, okay? And these are the uh, chemicals that is there, like a signal to tell more destruction, create more inflammation and cell death, okay? So that's why if you hear some, some of those patients with rheumatoid arthritis or autoimmune condition, you hear some of them on what we call disease-modifying drugs, strong drugs that actually blocks TNF-alpha or interleukin-6, and they are what we call biologics, okay? So if you use curcumin, you've got something natural that actually stops the whole process from giving you all those cascades. So if you do that, it will help. So it inhibits, uh, again, another term which I've mentioned earlier, cyclooxygenase, which is CLOX2. COX-2, prostaglandins, leukotrienes, and all these other cytokines that actually promotes what we call pro-inflammatory signaling pathways, okay? So, uh, so that's why it's important. So the dose are 500 milligrams twice daily. Uh, it's for osteoarthritis, for rheumatoid arthritis, probably around 400 three times, 400 milligrams three times daily. 
generally is well tolerated. Okay. Now, some of the side effects of turmeric are like uh, dyspepsia, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, upsets, which are very common. Again, similar to ginger, interaction with antiplatelets and anticoagulation, like warfarin, clopidogrel, rivaroxaban, and it also can interact with anti-diabetic drugs as well. So the next drug that we could be talking about is actually the fever few, um, which is very good because it inhibits serum proteases and leukotrienes. Again, similar to um, what it does, that it blocks the prostaglandin synthesis. Um, and as you know, prostaglandin can create more inflammation. What it does, that it prevents uh, the pathway of arachidonic acid. So I'm going to explain a bit more about arachidonic acid pathway when we talk about omega-3. Okay, so the dose is 50 to 150 milligrams once daily by mouth. It is generally well tolerated. Okay, it's quite natural. The only problem is it can interact with a lot of drugs, okay, because it goes and affect the cytochrome P450 pathways, okay. Cytochrome P450, what does it mean? So it's a pathway that your body, especially your liver, uh, goes through, use this pathway to degrade or clear out some of the drugs from your system. Not just drugs, a lot of, you know, like biochemical uh, pathways or reaction. So uh, it can interact again with anticoagulation, which is your blood thinners and your antiplatelet drugs like aspirin and clopidogrel. So be careful, anyone who's on cytochrome P450 drugs like anti uh, or antifungal, um, anti-epileptic drugs. So just be careful because it works through P450 pathways. Side effects, uh, again, general things, sometimes skin, skin rash topically. It can be a palpitation, heartburn, nausea, constipation, bloating. Again, in general, they are quite well tolerated. Um, and the next part is we're going to talk about omega-3 fatty acids. Why is it so important? Now, what I say, it's, I take a lot of this, turmeric, ginger, omega-3. And uh, why omega-3 fatty acids? Because, anti, because omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. Omega-3, what it does is that it's the polyunsaturated free acids, free, free fatty acids that actually helps, we call it PUFA, which actually helps in diverting a lot of this pathway from going towards pro-inflammatory, it's actually uh, reverts it to anti-inflammatory. So what it does that within the, the biochemical pathway, what it does that it feeds into the anti-inflammatory rather than letting your body goes down the inflammatory pathways. So it stops you from going down arachidonic acid pathway. So part of this arachidonic pathway is your COX-2 and your lipooxygenase. So let me explain. Once you, you hear about COX-2 you'll be uh, or COX pathway, you will be um, you'll understand a bit more. Let me explain. See, ibuprofen or diclofenac or naproxen is anti-inflammatory. So they are anti-COX, so, which means it's anti-that pathways. 
So when it enters that pathway, it means that it reduces inflammation. Because once the COX system goes down and creates more metabolites, it's going to call for more inflammation. So that's why ibuprofen works through pathways like that. But the not so good thing is when you affect the COX pathway, it can also cause problem to the stomach or the kidneys. But when you use omega-3, it's natural. Okay, it's things that you can take as supplements and it's going to be very, very helpful rather than you just taking things like ibuprofen, which can cause asthma attack if you got asthma or can cause irritation of the stomach um, if you got already gastritis. So just be careful, obviously, when you take anti-inflammatory, uh, like the drugs like ibuprofen. So if you use that more natural stuff, it's going to help because now you understand how it works through the biochemical reaction in the body, then you understand that it will be a lot safer. But again, you have to check with your GP because um, omega-3 do have some other effects as well. In general, it's quite safe. Okay. Now, there are also drugs that I've been prescribing for many years for osteoarthritis. Okay. Capsicum. Uh, or the active ingredient is capsaicin. So it's a cream form that we give in 0.025% to 0.075% cream. Uh, what it does that patient apply it topically for uh, on, on the area locally. And what it does that it reduces the perception of pain because again, it works on your substance P and reduce the uh, sensitivity of your C fibers, which obviously are your uh, pain fibers that creates all these, we call it nociceptors. Nociceptors are pain receptors, okay? And it also suppresses histamine release as well, uh, or the histamine-induced itching in healthy skin. So some of the side effects of capsicum is obviously GI irritation, throat inflammation, flatulence, but again, only if you take it orally, but nobody normally take it orally. So it comes in chili peppers, okay? Uh, so be careful, it does interact with your ACE inhibitors, which is a high blood pressure. It also uh, inhibits or not inhibits, it actually interacts with your anticoagulation, antiplatelets, anti-diabetic drugs, and anti-hypertensive and aspirins. So, uh, so that's why it's capsaicin is another good one to have. So another one too good to have is 5-HTP or 5-tryptophan. So tryptophan is a very well-studied substrate that has been studied in many studies. Okay, tryptophan is the substrate that is used to make serotonin. So you probably heard about serotonin, which is the feel-good neurotransmitters or hormone in the brains that makes you feel uh, good about yourself, you feel happy. So it's found to be as good as some of the antidepressants. Uh, and also it has been uh, studied a lot uh, in a lot of um, studies and has shown that it's safe. There is some rare report of a condition um, in the past uh, called uh, eosinophilia Malger syndrome. It's quite a rare thing. So in 1989, 
there was an increase in cases of these conditions and uh, in those people who took tryptophan. So they've mentioned that actually during that time, they found out that it could be due to a contaminant in the supplements, but nothing actually been proven. So we will need to be a bit more careful if you're taking tryptophan, okay? So um, again, uh, tryptophan, you can check out the dose. Uh, there's no particular dose that has been really um, you know, mentioned that you have to take certain dose. So you just check the supplements that you're taking. Now, L-theanine is another one, which is an active substrate or amino acid from green tea extract, okay? So what it does is that it actually increases the activity of the alpha frequency band, and uh, it can cause relaxation of the muscles, especially in your blood vessels. Um, it can cause hypotension, which is your blood pressure could drop. So it helps in relaxation, it helps in reducing high blood pressure, also helps you to sleep. It has the opposite effect of caffeine. Okay, so a lot of people use it for insomnia and to help them to sleep. So why is it good in pain? Because when you sleep, it helps to repair your body. Okay, so the dose is 200 to 400 milligrams per day. And there's the next one is proteolytic enzymes, which I'm just going to roughly name them, common proteolytic enzymes like pepsin, bromelain, and papain. So these are enzymes that help to reduce the scarring tissue or the deposition of fibrin. So fibrin is your, um, is your uh, scar tissues that is being laid down during the repair system. Sometimes when you have too much scar systems or fibrin, it can cause a lot of uh, problems, you know. So it helps to reduce inflammation as well. And we've also um, want to mention about collagen, collagen 2 type 2, UC2, okay? So it's very good in reducing or suppressing the CD8 T cells, which is there, that can cause inflammation. So the dose is around 40 milligrams daily. It's uh, There's no drug interaction. It just helps in improving uh, the uh, collagen or lubrication in the joint. So it will improve osteoarthritis or joint pain. Common side effects could be a bit of nausea, a bit of stomach upsets, but in general, just quite well tolerated. The next one is eggshell membrane, okay? It's an extract from the yolk immunoglobulins, okay? So um, it's naturally occurring glycosaminoglycans. It is there to essentially maintain a healthy joints and connective tissue. So it's very safe, again, well tolerated. It's 500 milligrams um, and there's no drug interaction with this one. One of the other biggies is uh, Roswella, Boswella serratia extract, okay? So it's, uh, it's a very good uh, plant-based botanicals supplements that could help to reduce inflammation. So what it does, again, inhibits the 5-lipoxygenase uh, pathways that uh, cause inflammation 
and it reduces leukotriene synthetase as well. And it's the dose is 100 to 250 milligrams daily. And it's used to treat inflammation in anything associated with arthritis is well tolerated. Some of the side effects is like common, like nausea, diarrhea, stomach upsets. Again, in general, it's quite well tolerated. But the only thing is the interactions with the cytochrome CYP uh, interaction in the liver pathways. So the biggest is CYP3A4 substrates interaction, which when patients are taking drugs like cocodamol and few others uh, like antifungals, they just have to be a bit more careful. Cat claws is also very good. So I repeat cat, C-A-T, cat claw, C-L-A-W claw. So uh, what it does is that it's very good in helping inflammation, primarily used in osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis. Um, it actually anti-nociceptors. Nociceptors means pain receptors. So it blocks it and interacts with the serotonin pathways, which is the 5-HT2 receptors. And it's good in doing that. It's well tolerated, but you have to use it short term. Side effects, similar like headache, fatigue, insomnia, but it can interact with anticoagulation, antiplatelets, anything that thins your blood, calcium channel blockers, your blood pressure tablets, and HIV drugs. Okay, so just be careful. And I want to end with covering SAMI. I will probably cover St. John Watts another time. So SAMI is a good one. So let me explain what is SAMI. SAMI stands for S-A-M-E, big S, big A, big M, a small E. So it stands for S-adenosylmethionine, okay? So it's used by millions of Europeans. It's well-known, proven treatment for more than three decades. It's used in Spain, Russia, Germany, Italy, and it's outsells Prozac in Italy. Could you believe it? Because SAMI is actually used throughout your body, in your body tissues and your joint fluids. Okay. So it's very high, a good level at childhood and the level decreases with, with age. Now, it's got a very essential role in more than hundreds of uh, biochemical reactions in your body. It is it, important in uh, processes like transmethylation transulfuration and amino population. So these are the tests or processes that actually works in synthesis, activation or metabolism of your hormones, neurotransmitters and nucleic acids, proteins and phospholipids, which are the cell membranes. So why is it important? Let me explain. So SAMI does a lot of things. It actually um, shift the active methyl group from the SAMI into your variety of molecules in your body that needs the methyl, like DNA methylation, DNA synthesis. Okay, so uh, so it's important to uh, for the formation or synthesis of your uh, amino acids, fatty acids, phospholipase, and proteins. So it's a major contributor of your methyls in your body. So it's also important, you probably heard about homocysteine. So it also has an impact on the homocysteine metabolism or pathways. 
So it also helps to give um, the sulfur, which is important for the building blocks of your cartilages. That's why it's important in uh, osteoarthritis and reducing inflammation or joint well-being. It also donates the cystine for the glutathione production in the liver. So glutathione is the, um, the, the ingredient that actually helps in detoxification. Okay, so it's, it's shown to in, improve your GSH, which is glutathione that helps to mop up all your free radicals that cause cancer. So can you see it's so important? And also it converts, um, so the SAMI SAH actually used the homocysteine and then it converts to cysteine and glutathione, okay? So it can be given to IV, IM orally, and it's all helps in improving depression, is as effective as your tricyclic depression, like uh, antidepression uh, medication, like your amitriptyline. And um, it also helps in uh, not just in uh, depression, but it also helps in osteoarthritis, which I've mentioned early on, because it reduces inflammation pathway and in, as anti-inflammatory in its biochemicals reaction, okay? So it helps, it modulates uh, the hormones in the brain. Um, it also increases your serotonin and increase your dopamine in your body. The dose are 200 to 1,600 milligrams daily. Uh, it helps in uh, people with fibromyalgia and people who's got liver disease or they need detoxification. So hence it's very important. So uh, that's it for today. So I will continue a bit more on second part. And I'll be mentioning about uh, cannabis or medical marijuana as well in my next episodes. Thank you.